<laughs> Thank you. Okay. We are live and we have people here. Go ahead and make noise. Thank you. Uh, thank you again. Okay, we are, we are, in, we are in week two. Uh, they obviously missed it last week being here. Uh, we are in week two of this series, which is called Marvels, which I made up on my own. I didn't take it from anywhere. Don't look too closely at the logo, but uh, it's about Jesus' parables. And one of the things that I've found in my life with Jesus' parables is that the more you read them, the more you get out of them. Like you may have this firm idea the first time you read something like the prodigal son or the parable of the three talents, which we did last week. And, and you're like, this is exactly what it means. But then you read it again as you grow older, as, you, as your faith gets stronger, as you uh, learn more about the context or whatever else. And, and you're like, whoa, this is, this is different. Like I never thought about this before and stuff like that. And that's why I want to look through these. And uh, this week, last week we did the parable of the talents and just the importance of investing your abilities, investing your gifts. Everyone has talents. Everyone has gifts. I know that a lot of us will say, I don't have anything. I can't do anything. I get that. But you can. There's something. Uh, at the very least, you can be kind to people. You can help people. You can do good things for people. Um, you can be there for people. You can be a good person, like all kinds of things. Um, and so that was the talents. And the, out of the three servants that were given money, uh, the third one just didn't even try. Like he, he didn't even care to try. And that was what was wrong with him. It wasn't that he failed. It wasn't that he uh, didn't, wasn't as successful as the others. It's that he just gave up. Like he did not even try. And, and sometimes we do that because we're like, somebody else will do it. Um, I listen to a lot of uh, true crime podcasts about serial killers and true crime and paranormal stuff. And I'm not going to go too far into that. But uh, one of the things that you hear about a lot on that is the witness effect, basically. And uh, essentially, just to put it into my own words, if you a lot, if like something happens in, on a busy city street, like say you're in downtown New York or something, and somebody gets kidnapped, and like they're screaming and all kinds of bad stuff, and Rob's walking along and he sees it, like here right now, we're like, well, I'd obviously call, but there in that moment, most people, not everybody, but most people are like, well, somebody else is going to call. Like, like I, you know, somebody else is going to be involved or somebody's going to take care of that. And it's always somebody else will do this. And that's what the last servant was. He was probably a little bit like, uh, you know, these other two, they'll take care of it and they'll do enough and I'll just be safe. Um, this week we are talking a, about a parable and it's one of the most difficult parables that Jesus gave. It's one of the kind of weirdest parables that Jesus gave. And uh, it is in Luke 16, 1 through 9. Jesus told this story to the disciples. There was a certain rich man who had a manager handling his affairs. One day, a report came that the manager was wasting his employer's money. So the employer called him in and said, what's this I hear about you? Uh, get your report in order because you're going to be fired. So this is interesting uh, because right here, the person finds out before he writes the report, you're going to be fired. Um, we would think normally that like, if you're like, I'm going to be fired, most of us, a lot of people would be like, oh, I'm not going to do anything. Like, this is on you now. I'm gone. But as we're going to find out in the parable, he continues to work, but it's a little different because I think just reading that paragraph, we're familiar with different parables that Jesus has told about rich men and about workers for him and the kingdom of heaven and all these things. And so we kind of go a different way. And this is one of the reasons I often say, you know, don't jump ahead to what you think is going to happen. Just listen to it, even if you know the story. And this person knows that he's going to be fired. I'm going to spoil a little bit, not the, the parable, but just... In terms of how this relates to us, we know that we are going to die someday. 
Nobody here is immortal, as far as I know, because I don't see anybody wearing a trench coat and carrying around a sword. Uh, I don't know if you get that joke. I do. That's fine. That's all. I'm my own audience right now. But nobody here is immortal. Uh, and so you're going to die. And I'm not saying that like in a, a sad, dark way, because it's just going to happen. We understand that. We don't think about it, especially right now in our lives, but we don't really think about it, but we know that it's coming. It's kind of the similar thing for this parable. Like, that's where he's starting. He's like, you know that there's going to be an end. Uh, it's not saying, hey, it's going to be soon, or it's going to be right now, or it's going to be in a month, or two months, or in 20 years. Like, we don't know that. But there is going to be an end. Uh, sometimes, when we are living our lives, when we're doing what we do, we don't think like that. Now, I'm not saying that you should go from here, especially at your age, and think, man, I'm going to die someday. I need to really put my affairs in order, and I need to invest and uh get into stocks and I need to carry Rob's groceries and I need to do all these different things just to help people and the help people's good, but I'm saying I don't want you to think about it like that, like, oh, I got to do this just because I'm going to die. But to understand that the more you say someday or the more you say I'll work on this or the more you say I'll be a better person or the more you say I'll help then or somebody else will do it until then or I will uh, get closer to to Jesus when I'm out of college, when I'm married, when I have a kid, etc. The more you say that, you know, the closer to that line you get. And we just don't know. Um, I was just at a funeral for someone who was 96 years old. He actually served in World War II, and it's nuts. And I knew him. He was a wonderful, loving guy. And he actually is one of the few people who made it to 96 and had his mental facilities the entire time. Like, it was awesome. I know that, that Jenna recently was at a funeral for someone who was 100, her grandmother, great-grandmother. And, and, you know, it's, it's hard to lose regardless of the age, but it's so nice in a way to see Christians have that long life and to have that effect. But I've also been to a lot of funerals for people much younger, and that's sad. And we just, the point is we don't know. And I, again, I'm not saying this to depress you. I'm not saying this so that you're constantly thinking about it. But I'm saying it so you know there's always going to be a time that you can no longer say, I'll do this later. Uh, I am the king of procrastination, like I do it all the time. Uh, I have not written at all in the last year because I keep putting it off because video games are more fun and so it's like stuff like this. But also in college, in grad school, I very much put stuff off and one of my proudest and saddest stories is uh, senior year, I was in a senior seminar and we had to do like some senior project, it could be a paper, it could be a research paper, it could be a story. Uh, and as soon as like, it would be a story, I'm like, I can cut this out whenever. And so like the day it was due, I got up a little early and I wrote a 25-page story and turned it in and got an A. And uh, that is good because it's like awesome. I got an A and I got away with it. But also it's kind of like set me up for life where I keep kind of procrastinating things. Uh, so again, I'm not saying like in terms of all that, you should do your work. You should not put it off. I'll say that because I'm an adult and you should. But I'm talking about the real stuff, the important stuff, the stuff that matters, the stuff that goes further where you say, you know what, I know that person really needs to talk, or I know that they really need help, or I know that they just need to know somebody cares, and I'll just wait. Somebody else will do it for now and then later. Uh, and that's the start of this parable. Jesus automatically told this guy, hey, you're gone. It's over. And so now we see how this guy lives his life. Uh, next verse. The manager thought to himself, now what? My boss has fired me. I don't have the strength to dig ditches. Uh, and I'm too proud to beg. Ah, I know what to do to ensure that I'll have plenty of friends who will give me a home when I am fired. Uh, so he invited each person who owed money to his employer to come and discuss the situation. He asked the first one, how much do you owe him? The man replied, I owe him 800 gallons of olive oil. 
the substance, not Popeye's girlfriend. So the manager told him, take the bill and quickly, I hate myself sometimes, quickly charge it to 400 gallons. Uh, and how much do you owe my, and how much do you owe my employer? He asked the next man. I owe him 1,000 bushels of wheat, was the reply. Here the manager said, take the bill and change it to 800 bushels. So what he does is very shrewd and not very honest. And that's why this is a very confusing and difficult parable because we're conditioned a little bit through, through our history with parables to be like, okay, well, I'm going to follow exactly what the main person in this story does. That's how I should do. And that's not what this is because it's saying, hey, he calls in people who owes his uh, boss money and he fudges the books so that they, it looks like they owe him less. And then that makes them happy with him so that a little later on when he doesn't have a job, they'll help him out. And, you know, what we see here is not, and I want to be clear, not what Jesus is telling you to do. He's not saying take the shortcut. He's not saying the ends justify the means. None of that. But he's showing how people in the world do it. He's showing that people who care so much about their business or about uh, their finances or about uh, just making connections or popularity, like they'll take shortcuts like that. But they'll also just push really hard and they'll burn the midnight oil and they'll put their nose on the grindstone and a bunch of other cliches. Like they'll just do whatever it takes. And then sometimes in Christianity, again, we get stuck in this mindset of I'll do something later. I'll be a better person later. I'll help someone later. Like I'll put it off. But when you know that you're getting fired and you know that you need money and you know you need friends, like it's like, oh, I got to do this right now. Like if you know you have a huge final coming up and you have not studied, you know you're going to study and study and study. But you had a ton of time before that to study and to be prepared and to not have to worry. And so Jesus is saying, hey, just first stop and look at how people in the world do this when the clock is ticking. And then we take that and be like, well, how, how, what should I take from this? Not again, not go cheat people, not do this, not do that. But what he did in a roundabout way was to help other people, it was to help himself. But he was doing favors for people. And again, not by example, but just pointing out what he did here. To wrap up the parable, to just say what happened. Uh, the rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. And it is true that the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of light. Here's the lesson. Uh, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then, when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. So this is one of the few, there's just a few, a handful, where he actually stops and says, this is what you're supposed to take from this. Most of the time, the vast majority, he's, you know, he'll tell the story and he'll talk about it, and then it's up to us to figure it out, and it's up to the disciples to think about it. And he wants us to think through this. But he also knows that as people who live in this world, we're immediately going to jump to the, oh, well, I take the shortcuts. It's justify the means. And he's like, guys, I get you. I understand you. But the lesson is what you have. All of the money you have, all of the time you have, all of the gifts you have, all of the talents you have, all of the whatever you have, you have. Use that to help others. I am not saying that, that you have to go sell everything that you own and go and, and give it all to charity. I, I mean, if you're called to do that, you're called to do that. What I'm saying is everything you have, remember that it's limited, that you, it's gone when you're gone. And yet people will continue. And so you keep helping. You keep doing what you can. You keep showing people. And again, it's not about cheating. It's not about being shrewd, even though he says he's impressed that he's shrewd and all of that. It's about being willing to help others. It's about being wise. It's about understanding, hey, 
If I was a CEO and I knew that my retirement was coming or my time was coming, I would do so much more so fast to make so much money so that when I retired, I'd have all this money. Uh, one of the things in sports you see is the older players, the players who are near the end of their careers sometimes jump to better teams or better situations so they can chase a championship. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But it's because they've done their best for so long or whatever, they've, some of them have gone for money and, and it's like I don't care and then all of a sudden, you know, it's near the end and like I really want a title. And, and so they put it off. And, and Regardless of how it works, the point is they realize that legacy matters and what they do matters and all of this and sometimes we wait until we're too late because again, it's always I've got tomorrow. I've got next year. Uh, most of you guys are between the ages of like 13 and 19, 20, I think. Uh, I think uh, Rob and Carol, you're 25 and so, and Becky, and so it's neat that you're all the same age and you were in the same class and everything, but you're all young. Everyone here is young, and so it's very easy to get caught up in the, you know, I'll, I'll help people later. Like right now, I'm going to earn the bucks, or I'm going to, to the money, not the basketball team that's about to lose the finals. Sorry, Luke. But I'm going to earn the, the money. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. Uh, and then later, later, I'll really get in. Uh, one of the things that I'll have people talk to me about, like, you know, I want to do this, or I want to get this job. I want to do that. And, and it's like, I can put college off. I can put this off. I can put that off. The more you put stuff off, the less it happens sometimes. And money is awesome. It's nice. And it's good. And it's necessary. Uh, my lovely dog, Stevie, has diabetes. And so the last couple years have been very tight in ways because it's expensive. And so I would absolutely love for someone to give me like a million dollars or so. And that'd be awesome. Feel free if you're watching or here. Um, but... Even though money is necessary, and even though we're all going to have bills, and even though I'm not saying, hey, stay home, don't work, I'm not saying don't go to school, what I'm saying is the resources that you have are not just for you to be comfortable. That's a part of it. Jesus wants you to be happy, and he wants you to have a life. But it's also for you to use that influence. It's also for you to, to help other people. And again, don't be exactly like this guy, but... He had the option to help those people that needed help all along, but he waited until he needed it. And again, he went about it in the wrong way, but for us, we always have this option of helping other people. And, and I'm not saying, go give all your money away. I, you know, I'm not saying that every time somebody needs help that you have to help them in financial ways. There are other ways to help people. Sometimes, absolutely, that is a way, but, but we are here on this earth to be an example. And yes, you're here to succeed in, in the ways that... that you feel called to succeed. And some of you will be businessmen and women. Some of you will be athletes. Some of you will be musicians. Some of you will be teachers. Some of you will be parents. Some of you will be pastors or choir members or whatever else. Do your best in all of those things. Have comfortable lives. Have good lives. That's awesome. And it's good. But watch yourself when you keep saying, I'll wait till later. And one of the things that we do in waiting till later, it's like, well, wait until I'm, you know, comfortable. Till I have the right amount, the exact amount that I need. Uh, there's something called the American dream. And basically that's kind of like living this life where you don't have to worry about anything. You can afford all your bills. You can afford everything. You're just kind of really comfortable. Uh, not super rich, but also above middle class. You know, you guys have heard this. In 1992, which was before everyone in here, but us old people were born. Um, in 1992, there was a survey done and they just went to a bunch of people of all different economic backgrounds and just kind of asked, you know, 
how much do you think you need to make to live the American dream? How much do you think you need to make in order to, to be happy, in order to be comfortable, in order to not worry about money? And so people that made 100,000 plus, which everyone in here, I believe, would say that, like that, that's the number, that's good. People that made 100,000 plus said, uh, I need to make $192,000 a year, minimum, to live the American dream. And again, all of us would look at them when they answer this and be like, what? Like, give me that and I'm good. I would imagine everyone here has at some point seen uh, like a lottery winner or an athlete sign a big contract and be like, man, if I just had one year of that, I'd be set for life. And yet when we get that money, we don't think that way. It's like, well, I need more because, you know, I need to do this and I need to do that. And so people that make $100,000 a year are like, I need 192000 And then, you know, they went to people who made 25000 or less. And like, hey, how much do you need? And they're like, we need $54,000 a year, which again is double. And so kind of the lesson there is everyone, regardless of who, and if they'd gone to people that made $10 a year and they've gone, gone to people that make a million dollars a year, everyone tends to double what they have in terms of what they need. And so we all think, man, I need this in order to be comfortable enough to help people, in order to be comfortable enough to be a real example, in order to be comfortable enough to not just work and not just go to school, but to also volunteer or to also talk to people or to also help people or to also donate my time. I need to have this much money, double what I have now. I got news for you, and I've lived this experience because I'm old. No matter how much money you have, never feels like enough. I'm not saying in a selfish way, it just it never feels like enough because there are always going to be more bills. And no matter how much time you have, never feels like enough. There's always that last minute, oh, I don't, I don't, I need more time, I need more time. No matter how much whatever you have, it never feels like enough. And so that's how the world sees things. They see things like, I, I, I never have enough money. I can never have enough money. I can never have enough popularity. I can never have enough... Twitter followers, I can never have enough TikTok hits, I can never have enough whatever else. Uh, and as Christians, and again, I, I want to emphasize, live your dreams, have big dreams, do what you can to succeed in those ways while keeping Christ centered. But as Christians, instead of saying, you know, I'm never going to have enough money or I never can never have enough money, I need to get more, 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 be like, I can never impact enough lives. Not in a negative way, like I'm just not doing enough. But you're like, man, I just love this. I love loving people. I love helping people. I love praying for people. I love doing my best. I love being an example. I can never have enough of this. And you see, it's a slight difference in how you look at things. And that's why this parable is kind of confusing. And sometimes we want it to be the way that we would initially take it of, hey, he's saying, take the easy way out. Jesus was extremely interesting. And I'm not just saying that like in a, a Christian, like savior perspective, because obviously. But I'm saying in terms of his gifts, let's just look at him from a world level. Like take out the religion for now and the fact that he's God. He was extremely charismatic in terms of people came from all around to listen to him. He was kind and good and he was popular and he was smart and his parables are amazing and like he had all of this everything that everybody would need to succeed 
And, you know, I don't know that he ever made a dime in his life. Not just because dimes didn't exist, but, you know, his, his focus was on something else. Our focus, our temptation, is always going to be put it off. For, for you guys. I know some of you are in 7th, 8th grade. You're like, dang, I'm just a kid. I can't help with VBS, or I can't help with Sunday school, or I can't pray with somebody. You know, I can't do this good deed or whatever, because when I'm in high school, then I'll be an adult. I'll know everything, because high schoolers know everything. And then you guys in high school, you're like, yeah, no, we don't. But man, college kids, they know everything. They really have it going, and I know it's hard, and I know it's work, but, but then I can really have the time and the ability to do whatever I need to do. But when you're in college, man, there's a lot. And then you're like, well, man, when I'm an adult, I can just give all of my time and resources, and I can volunteer, and I can go to church, and I can teach, and I can just be this amazing Christian, because adults have it all figured out, and they don't have any worries. This is where I could have the adults in here testify and be like, ah. There's worries. And we don't all have it figured out. And then, you know, when you're like, man, seniors, senior citizens, when you're retired, then you've got all the time in the world. It's never enough time. There's always going to be a wait. Wait until then. Jesus' ministry on earth was about three years. That's not a long time. Uh, I, I have had more of a professional ministry in terms of length, not in terms of impact or importance, but more than three years. But Jesus, in those three years, obviously set up everything and started everything and made such an impact that it's not even possible to quantify. But three years, just did everything he could. My point is, he gave everything to us so that we could then give everything to others. Uh, I'm not saying everybody here should go into the ministry, because you shouldn't. That's calling. Not saying everybody here should teach Sunday school, everybody here should volunteer at the church, or everybody here should do whatever. That's on you. You have to figure this out. What I'm saying is when you catch yourself saying, I'll be better later, I'll make a difference later, I'll help people later, remind yourself, wow, I got to do this now i got to do what I can now. And you're not going to be able to do the same things as a kid, as you are as an adult, as you are as a super adult, or whatever. I get that. But you can always love other people. You can always be an example. You can always listen to someone. You can always talk about your life and what you're going through and then share that. You can always get closer to Jesus. You can always be better. You can always work on your relationship. You can always be an example. And that's what this parable is saying. Instead of waiting, do it now. And I know that not everybody's going to listen and people are going to say, act your age and blah, blah, blah. I don't care. What you can do, do. Who you can help, help. Because earning money, awesome. But you're never going to have enough. If you're thinking... 
I just got to earn this and then I'll have enough for college and then I'll have enough to not have to worry about it in college and you know, money, 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 it's good, I'll just go through everything now. You're not gonna. Never gonna have enough. And I'm not saying throw money away and don't work and blah, 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 again. But remember, okay, I gotta take time to be who I am. I gotta take time to help people. I gotta take time to love people. I gotta take time to work on myself too and to grow and to help each other grow because that's why we are here. And that's all I got.